Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A. Q A A the B A Q A okay the B A Q A what you say the B A Q A welcome Black family Brown Ambition family <laughs> we are here for a Brown Ambition question and answers you have questions we have kind of answers but we're not your mama your therapist your <laughs> doctor not even when well, we your own like cousins you know we're not your financial advisor so certainly we want you to take what we say with the Tiny grain of salt because we don't want you to get, you know, high blood pressure. You know how our community do. So, um, but we're here to just, you know, your financial besties. <laughs> just leaning yeah, in. We don't even know y'all's names sometimes. So how are we supposed to give you super specific advice? Y'all want to be anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> AKA, sue your grandma, not us. <laughs> yes. So, yes, management, we have some questions for today. We've got some juicy, juicy questions. If y'all want to submit questions and have them read on our special BAQ&A episodes, go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click Ask Us Anything. You can also email us at brownambitionpodcast.com or slide into the DMs on IG. We are at brownambitionpodcast and you could be answered on the show. If you want to be anonymous, fine. I don't know how many of y'all are on these witness protection programs. I know. Just pick up a fake name. Honestly, (laughs) here's my request because it's fun for us. Come up with some outlandish name. You know, I don't care. You could say my name is Potato. Just something fun. Like, you know, so we're not like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Silly in in Cincinnati. Something, you know. (laughs) I do like the last show when you switched it to Annie. So if you're anonymous, you're going to be Annie. Okay. Yes. All right. Annie says in all caps, please withhold my name. Fine. (laughs) I do. I think this is a great question, though. Ooh, I can't wait to get into this. Hey, Mandy, she says, I'm the communications manager at a small nonprofit with about 450 ish employees. We had a team meeting with my director and the media producer regarding commercials. We all disliked the ads that we paid for and were created by a local TV station. Impulsively, I suggested that we write and produce our own commercial. Well, sis, ad copy ain't in my job description and at 58K, I'm already a bargain. (laughs) What was I thinking? Question, I have written one commercial and now I'm being asked to write another one. How can I gracefully back out of this and explain that they need to hire an ad agency? Side note, I'm a new hire and just 90 days into a six month probationary period. Ooh. Oh, Annie, she fell into a trap, Annie, the helpful trap, yes. the people pleasing trap. <laughs> Annie, I'm not gonna lie, child, that's the trap I be living in, child. I, be, I have Uber <laughs> Eats delivered to my trap. I'm, I'm gonna be here for a while. <laughs> Permanent address at the trap. <laughs> That's the real, real uh, trap house for Brown. You know, <laughs> so I'm gonna queens. let I'm gonna honestly let Mandy take the lead because that is this is not I'm like I'm listening like 
wait, so what will we do, Mandy? But I will yeah. say this, this is something, <laughs> this is what I learned from Dr. Green because she like, this is something, I did something similar and she said, just because you agree to something once does not mean you agree to it for a lifetime. So she like, mm -hmm. so that's something like, I'm still honestly working on it because it's hard. And she's like, so if you say, I don't like onions when you're four. So Tiffany, you were banned from eating onions now that you're 42. And I'm like, no. Well, she's like, well, that's how you're navigating. So I'm saying all that to say, that's all I know because I'm in there with you, girl. Tell me what you want from Uber Eats because you and I in there together. So Mandy, what should we do? <laughs> yeah, so this is an opportunity for a boundary. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much because in a way you needed to test out you know, this new idea of creating an ad and doing it yourself, test it out to see if you guys liked it. Okay, they liked it. And you're the, you're, I get it, you're 90 days into a new opportunity and you wanna make a good impression. You wanna be energetic and enthusiastic and have great ideas, but you also want to show people how to work with you from an early stage when you're new. And I think in the first 90 days, it's an excellent opportunity for this to be your first capital B boundary. So I think this is also important why when you are overseeing any project or any new initiative that you set in, you schedule time to debrief and you schedule time to have sort of like a look back at how the project went and then what are next steps and how are we going to spin this forward and what are we going to do? Because that gives you an opportunity to say, so I did it this time, long, long term, we need to hire this agency in order to really, you know, make this. Um, make this new commitment or get the budget that we need for it. So I think you approaching it by going to your manager and saying, you know, actually, let's have a conversation about this initiative and I'll give you a projection on what I think we need um, for this to be like a long-term initiative for us. And here's how much it could cost. You could even help them out by, I don't know, suggesting two to three agencies that you've worked on vetting or even backing that up and saying, as a next step, I will, you know, if this is part of your job description, I don't know, look into some ad agencies and come to you guys and ask for them to give proposals and come to you guys with options so that you're not, you're not taking away the new initiative everyone's excited about. You all recognize you need it, but you are getting clear, you're getting clear with them that it can't just fall, you know, on your shoulders. And depending on how they respond to that, then you can decide, is there another conversation that needs to be had about what my duties and job responsibilities here so I can get clarity? But you don't wanna let this go. Cause if you let this go, you're sending a message. The same way my mom told me, make sure that you don't tell your boyfriend Enrique that you don't care about Valentine's day when you're first dating. She's like, no, 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 no. You don't wanna set a precedent. You want him, you know what I mean? So those messages early on can really set a precedent for the rest of your relationship and the rest of your, you know, your job here. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm like, okay, I'm does like, that make with you, my notebook. I'm like, okay. Does it stress you out? I said, <laughs> no, no, I'm like, it's the B for boundary. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, no. All that you said, I've, you know, it's true. And it's sometimes hard. And so if you're somebody like me who has a hard time with the hard conversations, one of the things I do practice and that Dr. Green taught me is to practice saying the hard things to in easy times. Meaning like, um, uh, is there someone at your job that, you know, like this is actually the nicest person to kind of approach with this, um, to start planting that seed, or just even outside of this, like, you know, um, when the waiter brings you the wrong thing, practice saying, hey, this is not what I ordered. So like literally I have to build up the muscle because wherever you are, there you go. And so I'm learning to practice the hard conversations with easy people. So that way I have enough muscle built that when these hard conversations come up to, to create a boundary, you know, it's, it's not that it's easy, but I at least had a lot more practice. So that's what I honestly have been doing. 
you'll see me say that like even during our last um you know when our, our first kind of like um welcome back like tiffany podcast episode right that like i had to reassert the boundary because i knew if i did it you know that you know i would i would i wouldn't want to say i'm like oh, i don't want to disappoint mandy and everybody else and listening i'm like no 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 tiffany you have to say the thing now because mandy is nice this is an easy person to pra practice the hard conversation with you know and space. so like because there'll be other places that don't give a what and i'm gonna be like okay but i've already gotten my practice in and so like it's just that's what i could suggest if you're someone like me who really gets anxious about having the hard conversations to really practice them with nice easy people so when it comes down to it you know you, you got some you got some practice under your belt yeah and i will i'm going back to your question remind you that you the manager is in your title communications manager and as a leader and someone who's going to be overseeing strategy for that particular department it's on you to tell them the solution for the problem so you've told them the solution we should do our own commercials but they and you both took that to mean we meaning me but how easily could you have gone out and found your own ad writer copywriter to write that commercial and maybe you're overseeing it but I think that was one of the really challenging lessons for me as a leader. And I actually just did a whole like session on this with my Mandy Moneymakers last week and really just like cathartic for me because in those early days as a leader, I thought me doing everything was how I should lead. And it's how I sent the message that I'm a good leader because I can handle everything. But that's just a fast track to burnout and burnout and resentment and toxic work environment that you really create yourself. Because for me, the epiphany was, uh, being a good leader is necessarily doing it yourself. It's knowing what you need to do and then finding solutions for it and bringing other people in and letting them help you, you know, achieve that. And it's also really important in your first 90 days at this job to like set expectations that your managers will give you the resources you need to be able to do that job. So if it's a you coming to them with this proposal for, okay, we want to continue doing this. Here's the budget I need to hire a freelance ad writer. You know, here's the budget that I need to get the recording equipment, whatever, and, and give them sort of a long-term budget plan. And then if they decide they want to put the resources in, then cool. But if they decide that they won't, then it's time to put that boundary down again and say, well, it's not going to be realistic for me to take on this responsibility with the umpteen other responsibilities that I have. So what are we going to do? Maybe there's no commercials for a while. And then be quiet and then be silent. <laughs> I love what you said because it's true. Good leaders let good people do good work. That is like a lesson that mm -hmm. like really drove home, you know, now that my team is much smaller and I really look around and I'm like, when you have the right people in the right place, I don't have to sweat anybody. Like, I'm like, Tiffany, just take a step back. Logan got it. Rose got it. You got to be in that email. If there's something in there she needs, she's going to let you know. Tam got it. You know, so. Yep. So we wish you luck, Annie. <laughs> Annie Anonymous. <laughs> good luck. All right, let's take a quick break, y'all, and we'll be back with another of your BA Q&As. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. 
Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey y'all, we are black and back. Our next question is from Amanda, not to be confused with Mandy. Okay. So Amanda says, <laughs> Hey y'all, hoping all is well and Tiffany continues to heal. I am. Thank you. Mandy, I'm loving the solo content. Thank you for hashtag keeping all the things going. True indeed. So here is my question. I've had a small consulting business for more than seven years and not ever had a business credit card. My partner and I have business debit cards for routine expenses and travel, and we've had to hit our line of credit several times when cash flow is messy, child. Don't I know it? Um, I'd like to consider a business credit card, but how does it work? Do I, as the owner, secure it with my personal social security number? I have good credit. Good girl. Um, does the business need its own credit? We have a Dunn and Bradstreet number and haven't really used it, nor do I really understand it. Goals are to pay less interest for larger charges, a lot of credit alternative, and build points by charging and paying off regular monthly expenses. Any extra info you could offer on the topic is so appreciated. Bonus if you have a recommendation for a great biz credit card. Thanks so much. I got my mm -hmm. business credit card when I started Mandy Money because I think there's just that common advice out there, you know, establish yes. your credit, business credit early. Exactly. And for me, I was the guarantor, like me personally, because I didn't have a business for any long point of time at that point. So my personal credit was my collateral, you know. So, yes, I used my social. I don't even remember if they asked anything about my employment ID number or what's it called? The T-I-N, tax employment number, tax identification number. I'm like, that does not, that's not the acronym. <laughs> anyway, and because of my, and because I have strong credit too, I got approved, you know, pretty quickly. But I don't know, Tip, does it matter now that she's seven years in and she has a Dan? So Dan and Bradstreet, or is it Dunn and Bradstreet? I forget Dunn now. She said Dan. <laughs> Dan. Not, Dan <laughs> One of them. not Danny and them. <laughs> Danny and them, you know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is the business version of like your experience and your FICOs, yeah. right? They track mm -hmm. your business credit, but you've had a business a lot longer. So what well, do you Well, to I, say? to your point, like someone told me right away, um, hey, Tiffany, you should go ahead and get um, your business credit set up before you need it. Because credit is really like, you need to know me before you need me. So anybody listening with a new business, go ahead and, and uh, on ahead and do that. But Amanda, to um, Mandy's point, because you've been in business seven years, you might be able to just get it based upon your business currently because you've already had a line of credit. So you likely don't have to necessarily put your credit 
like on the line. For those folks who are new, oftentimes, um, not only can you not get a regular credit card, like for me, I started like, you know, month two, I went to get a credit card just to get one. Um, and I had to get a secured business credit card. That's actually an actual thing. Like a secured regular credit card, you basically, it's like a credit card with training wheels. You put down a deposit, they put it into basically like a savings account for you. And then they give you a card that is the same limit as, a, as the deposit that you put down. Typically for business credit cards, I think it's like usually the minimum is around $1,000. Personal, it's a minimum for a secured cards, usually like $300 to $400 or $500. So that's what I did. I put down $1,000 and I got a secured business credit card. You know, I used it like wisely for like a year. And then they took the secured part off and gave me a regular business credit card. So what I liked about that is I got to build my business credit up, you know, and now, you know, I've got like an American Express card. So what's so great about a business credit card to your point, Amanda, is that we use our business credit card, especially we switched over to our American Express card because of the, the, the what you can do with the points is just like magical. So I use it for marketing. So if, if I'm running ads, which we do a lot, and sometimes we can spend seven figures in a year on ads. And so I have traveled extensively off the points <laughs> that we get as a result. So my business partner and I, for the Literature Academy, we go back and forth with using the points from American Express. I mean, I, I flew to Bali, Bali round trip um, first class off the points. Um, oh, you know, I've gone. So you and your business partner like split them. Yes, we split the points and, and we use like them. A, however, uh, yeah, it's like a trust <laughs> thing, or what do you call it? I don't know. Yeah, you have to just like kind of say, okay, we share joint custody of these points. Don't yeah. dip into <laughs> this, the yeah the this shared our, points our, pot. Our, our points, baby. You're like it's your weekend, yeah. you know. And so, um, <laughs> so that that is the benefit of like having a business uh, credit card. Yes, obviously you have access to more um, capital. You know, like that. I don't worry as much about the interest rates, quite honestly, because we pay pay ours off every month in full. But I also don't have a physical based business, so that's not possible for all people. Me and Mandy have uh, service-based businesses, so that's usually more um, feasible. But yeah, establishing your credit, getting a business credit card, it sounds like you're already doing, you know, wisely using your your um, business line of credit. Go ahead and do that. I wouldn't say that I have, I mean, I will say that I do like American Express because the points that you're able to accumulate, you could use it for so many things. But with American Express, be mindful that it's really like a charge card, so you have to pay it off every month in full. Let me see what other because I are have. The, do you have a high like annual fee? Oh yeah, that's the thing. It is a yeah. high annual fee. Um, but I will say that from what I remember with American Express, you could put it toward things like like I was able to get um global entry, which is like four hundred bucks. And so, but with American Express, it was waived. So global entry means whenever I come back to the U.S., which you know I'm leaving, I'm going to Jordan. I'm super excited. When I come back in to the U.S., I don't have to like wait in a super long line because oh, they basically you just skip pre-check that nice me. Long line. Girl. Nothing makes me feel richer and more like luxe Luxurious. than when I can skip the long line at customs. <laughs> yes, take my money. I don't care. I'm sorry. This but, is I'm in the pre-check line. So you want to ask that like $400, sometimes you could put it toward things, you know, like, and that's one of them. Um, also too, I mean, well, this is not, they don't, it's not a business card, but Chase, I would probably ask, but for what I know, uh, I don't think, I don't know if Chase has a, um, a business card that, you know, that gives like incredible points, but you can ask cause my, my personal Chase, like, you know, card, what's that card that I always get the name wrong on? The Chase Good the, Time card. <laughs> I forget the name of the Chase the Sapphire card. Reserve. I, yes, yes. So Chase, I use my Chase a lot as well. But yeah, so I would just yeah. say start now. You know, start building your business credit. I mean, you've already built your business credit because you've had a line of credit. But a credit card to use wisely can certainly be a great tool. 
Yeah. And I mean, for me, credit card offers change so frequently. And especially now that the economy is coming back. Well, I know it's well coming back ish. Like there's so many issues and inflation and stock market crashing, all the kind of stuff. But credit card rewards are coming back. So they, you know, you saw a lot of cards pull back on the rewards programs during the pandemic when people weren't actually doing the things that we used to do, like eat out and like the reasons you would justify getting a rewards card before kind of went away. So there may be new offers today that weren't even around last summer. So when I got my business card last summer, I I went I started off going to, you know, a credit card comparison site and literally googling the best business credit cards. There's a bunch of lists that you'll find. Um, just look for lists where it's there's edit, like people have actually written reviews based on their experience and not just because they get the highest affiliate revenue from referring those cards. And for me, I was looking for a no annual fee card, which means I don't get the amazing lucrative benefits of an Amex. It didn't make sense for me at the time because of my business revenue was non-existent last June when I got the card. So I chose the Capital One Spark. And what I like about it is that it is no fee and it's 2% cash back on everything. So it's pretty, as a standard business card, it works for me. And I do get I do get cash back, which I can then use against my balance or for whatever. So that's what I use personally. But like I said, I would start with like a nerd wallet, a magnify money, credit karma, Again, just like compare and see which one fits, which one fits your business. Yeah. And how you are going to use it. Maybe you're buying a lot of supplies at Staples. So maybe, you know, a card that gives you cash back on office supplies makes sense. Exactly. Or a, For a us, gas travel card is huge. So I want to travel yeah. points, but you might not need that, you know? So yeah, to Mandy's point, you want to find a card that really fits you. But, and another benefit to like a business credit card is that if something happens, credit card companies really work with you. Like, hey, I didn't, I didn't swipe that. I didn't buy that. I didn't, you know, versus a line of credit, you know, where you're kind of like on your own. So there's a benefit to, to using your business card for things because there's a protection built in. So, well, thank you for the question, Amanda. Yes. (laughs) If y'all have questions, ask us. Brownambitionpodcast.com. Click ask. What is it? Ask anything? Ask us anything. Yeah. Also, 10 years later. (laughs) Listen, just about. Isn't that crazy? Um, or hit us up on IG, slide into our DMs. It's at Brand Ambition Podcast. Or you can hit us up directly, uh, Brand Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. And please give us a fake name. We like fake names. Make it silly. Yeah, you know, just be like, it's, right? Make it sassy. So, you know, we can have a little fun with it. We all had those like identity crises when we were 15 and wanted to change <laughs> yes. our name. So. What did you want your name? Come on now. Adrian if you're a person of an E and Stacy, right? Everybody would <laughs> depending what when, when you grew up, you're like, if you were around my age, you wanted Stacy. Give us something. <laughs> All my Sailor Moon fan fictions under the alias Adrian, because that's who I wanted to be. So who's your 15-year-old alias? <laughs> All right. Until next time, y'all. Until next week. Bye, y'all. Take care. Bye. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. 
the purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.